are Locked On Mariners, your daily Seattle Mariners podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Mariners, your home for daily Seattle Mariners news and analysis. Thank you so much for making us your first listen of the day. We are free and available on all platforms, of course. And today is Monday, December 13th, 2021. I am your host, Tidy Gonzalez, joined as always by my co-host, Colby Patnode. Follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Mariners. You can follow me at Dane Gonzalez. That's D-A-N-E-G-N-Z-L-Z. And Colby at CPAT11. That's C-P-A-T-1-1. Be sure to also check out our Patreon where we talk about the Mariners even more and also get into some non-baseball talk twice a week. New episode dropping later today for our Tier 2s and 3s. And as a friendly reminder, Locked On Mariners, along with the rest of the Locked On MLB Network, will be going to three shows a week starting next Monday and all the way through to mid-February. So if you still want to hear from us five times a week, be sure to visit patreon.com forward slash control the zone and subscribe so you can get the two shows we post every week on there. So. With that out of the way, today on Locked On Mariners, it is Mailbag Monday. You submitted your questions for us on Twitter. We're going to answer as many of those as we possibly can today. Hopefully, we don't have to extend this to Tuesday like we did last week. Some of you submitted trade ideas, which we're not going to be touching on today. This is Mailbag Monday after all, not Fan Fiction Friday, but we're going to save those and uh, use them on Friday's show. Uh, we actually have a bunch already in the vault, so we uh, we might not even send out a tweet ahead of Friday's show like we usually do. We'll we'll see on that. Anyway, let's get into today's questions. If this is your first time joining us, welcome to the show. If you like what you hear, give us a follow or subscribe wherever you're listening to this. We greatly appreciate it. So let's look at the replies of our tweet that we sent out today. There were no questions asked via email but remember for mailbag mondays you can ask us questions at lockdownmariners at gmail.com let's start with mike miller at coach miller 24 who asked do you happen to know who scouted and signed noel v Marte?" so that was uh well i don't know specifically the scouts that went and saw him went and visited with him but at the time the director of international scouting was tim kistner and uh, eddie toledo was the supervisor of scouting for the dominican republic for the mariners but both were let go in 2019 and now kistner is with the phillies i don't know where toledo ended up but those were the two guys that were pretty much instrumental in uh, Marte ending up with the uh, mariners it wasn't that Kistner did a bad job. He also signed Julio. Um, mm-hmm. It was just Jerry wanting to bring in his own guys. And uh, it, was, it was a bit of a risky move at the time because Kistner was so uh, well-established. And it took the Mariners a little bit to reestablish their foothold uh, in, in the international scene. But it's not like they got, they got you know, goose-egged uh, when they made the changeover. Um, they still, you know, did very well. They got a lot of very quality uh you know, quality international free agents. And now they're pretty much right back to where they start. Uh, we know about uh, Celestine uh, is the big one coming over. There's also Lazaro um, Montes. Yes. Uh, the big left-handed hitting. I've heard some Jordan Alvarez comps on him. So mm-hmm. yeah, the Mariners, they, they took a little bit of a chance here. They took something that was already good. And Jerry decided that he wanted to make it um, better. And 
he brought in his own guys and uh, it worked. It's working, I should say, uh, because the Mariners are just as sharp, uh, you know, in that group with that group now as they have been. Uh, other guys that the new group has have added Starlin Aguilar, Victor Labrada. Um, so, yeah, so it was a pretty seamless transition, all things considered. But uh, yeah, it wasn't that Kistner was bad at his job. It was just that Jerry wanted his own guy. Um, let's move on to domestic pierogi. <laughs> okay. Uh, at domestic pierogi on Twitter significance of the Brad Marcelino hire. So this is the new hitting instructor that the Mariners just recently hired. He's been, uh, working with uh, MLB hitters um, during the offseason and, and everything, helping them with their swing. He was the hitting coach for San Diego University or University of San Diego, rather, uh, for, for some time. Worked with Chris Bryant, of course, and also Bryson Brigman, former Mariners prospect. Um, but he uh, he announced via Twitter yesterday that he has been hired by the Mariners. He will be joining them as a hitting coach. Now, the misconception that I've been hearing um from some people that have reacted to this uh, to this news is that uh, Marcelino is now there is now the major league hitting coach for the Mariners. That is not the case as far as I'm aware. I, I believe he is a, an affiliate hitting coach. So as for the significance of that, hard to really know. But all things considered, everything that I've heard about him uh, is certainly encouraging. So I would expect that he's going to help in some way. Just wanted to clear it up, though, that he is, as far as I'm aware, not going to be a part of the major league coaching staff. I think I think what you're really trying to ask here is, is this a sign that the Mariners are trying to get Chris Bryant? Right. I mean, let's let's be honest about it, because this was Bryant's old college hitting coach. Mm -hmm. No, I don't think that's what this is about. Um, Is it a bonus? Sure, I guess. But I think it's just about finding, you know, somebody who's well respected within the game. Um, to maybe come in and try to fix, uh, maybe not fix, but maybe try and improve the system of working with young hitters. Uh, the Mariners' pitching development has had a lot of successes. Uh, the Mariners' you know offensive development been pretty hit or miss uh, over the last few years. So it's really just about getting a good baseball guy in your organization and allowing him to work. Um, did the whole Chris Bryant thing really play into it? I don't think. I doubt it. I, I really don't think there was much um, maybe in the back of their head. They're thinking, Hey, well, I guess that's something too, but I think this was just about wanting to hire a good baseball guy uh, to come in and, and see if he can help. Certainly a, a talented guy. That's really helped some, some, uh, some guys out. I know that recently he's been working with Delano de shields. Uh, so um, yeah, we'll, we'll see how that translates to, uh, to being in an actual organization. Um but yeah, I don't. I don't think that this impacts their uh, pursuit of Chris Bryant whatsoever. Especially, I mean, look, if you're trying to attract Chris Bryant to Seattle, you're not going to sell him on. Hey, your hitting coach is in the minor leagues. That has no impact whatsoever on, on, right. on Chris Bryant's decision. That's just yeah. Anyway, but uh, thank you for the question. Um, Greatly appreciate it. Let's move on here and answer one more question before we hop on over to our next segment. Uh, Let's uh, go on to Travis Butts at Travis B underscore 34, who asks, how much do you think changing ballparks truly helps slash hurts pitchers? Like getting traded from a hitters friendly to a pitchers friendly park. And since it's probably pretty situation based, how would a change from Chase Field to T-Mobile Park affect Madison Bumgarner, for example? So, you know, when I look at this, I think of uh, the the one guy that really stands out to me here when I think about this is 
Tyler Chatwood, right? His market when he became a free agent was really based on a lot of teams thinking that he's going to greatly improve moving away from course fielding. He got a decent uh, deal from the Cubs. Well, you know, his home run to fly, fly ball rates went down and, and, and all of those things. It's just he he still struggled, right, with other things. I mean, his ERA, the the first year with uh, the Cubs was 5-3-0. Uh, he had a 5-6 FIP. He was walking a ton of guys. So that doesn't – it doesn't always necessarily translate to success, moving from a hitter's-friendly park to a pitcher's-friendly park or just moving out of a – hitters friendly park in general right Mm -hmm. so um yeah i just uh, i don't put too much stock into it obviously that's something that you have to acknowledge with certain guys i mean that's what we're talking about right now with trevor story moving away from course field as a hitter um and it's especially more important with pitchers and this is why we've talked about with robbie ray robbie ray might actually benefit from being in a more pitcher friendly ballpark like t-mobile park um but it's never a guarantee. It's never a guarantee with, with guys because that's not the only thing that impacts their play. It's not the only thing that impacts their performance. And so, yeah, will certain categories, will they be helped in certain categories? Sure. Like we've seen with Chatwood and, and, and some of the fly ball stuff, but will it completely fix the pitcher? No. No. You have to be really intentional with, with how you do it, um, for example, right? Robbie Ray is a fly ball pitcher, strikeout fly ball. Um, so in theory, moving from uh, the Rogers Center or whatever the name of the AAA ballpark they were at, uh, that should help, you know, keep the ball in the ballpark a little bit more often. But, you know, it, how good, how much of value is there in being a fly ball pitcher if your out, outfield defense is, you know, below average, like the Mariners is. So you really, I mean, is it part of your factor? Yes. Does it really make a huge difference? I don't think so. Maybe 5% at most. Um, and a lot of this is, like you said, it's very situational. Um, I remember a lot of people thought that, you know, Giancarlo Stanton going from Miami to New York would mean he would hit a ton more home runs. And Mm -hmm. that just wasn't the case because Stanton home runs weren't wall scrapers. Like their home runs everywhere. So, um, you know, and for what it's worth, and I'm not sure if it's worth much, but um, on uh, on Statcast, if you go to specifically Bumgarner, he gave up 24 home runs this year. If he had made all of his starts at T-Mobile, he would have given up 42. Or sorry, 36, wow. 36. So, um, and again, that's all of his starts, not half of his starts. So it's not ideal, right? It's not the perfect situation, but um mm. I don't think for a guy like Baumgartner, it makes a huge difference. To me, I still look at quality of contact and and all that. Um, Mm -hmm. So I, right, you know, stuff, stuff. raw stuff, command, uh, all that stuff matters a lot more than the ballpark. So can it help? Sure, sometimes. But is it like, oh, well, I'm going to go get the most extreme pitcher, uh, the guy from the most extreme hitters park and put him in my extreme pitchers park and that'll fix him? No, it's it's not that extreme. But I do think it, it can help, um, mm-hmm. as can obviously the building the the roster around a pitcher's strength. Yeah, it's like how you said you got to be selective about it when you're identifying these guys. You got to understand what else you need to do to put in place a successful program for this 
player. How are you going to help him get to that ceiling? Because it's not just the park. You can like the stuff. You can like all that. But there's so much more that goes into it than just the the transition. So thank you for the question. Really appreciate it. We're going to move on in just a moment and answer more questions. But real quick, a reminder, this episode of Lockdown Mariners is brought to you by DirecTV. Does this sound familiar? You got one device that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows, you're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you got your neighbor's best friend's login for the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called DirecTV Stream, and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part, there's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. You're listening to Locked On Mariners. Thank you again for making us your first listen of the day. We greatly appreciate the support. Continue to share us with your friends, family, all those out there who you know who are Mariners fans. We're going to keep things exciting, keep things fresh here during the lockout. Hopefully it ends sometime soon so we have more stuff to talk about. But uh, for now, we're going to answer more of your questions, starting with Daisy and the Dingo at Daisy's Dingoes, who asked, do you see Matt Brash in a future Ryan Yarbrough type role? One who can start in a pinch, but also can pitch out of the bullpen and long relief and even high leverage situations. So Colby, there's obviously a lot of people out there who think that Matt Brash is just going to be a reliever at the end of the day. There's some of us who are more enlightened, of course, who, uh, <laughs> who believe that he's going to be a starter. I'm, I'm joking, of course, but I, I, I personally believe in Matt Brash as a starter. I know you do as well. Uh, but what do you think about him taking on a Yarbrough type role and being kind of a, a six starter slash long relief guy for the Mariners? Um, to me, I would take long relief off the table um, long term, at least uh, because he's too mm-hmm. good for that. And, and not to say right. there's not value in long relief, um, but the way we traditionally think of long relief, right, is, Oh, this your starter got shelled, so you need somebody to give you four or five innings to save the bullpen. Mm-hmm. Matt Brash is too good for that role. That's a role that you right. give to the worst arm in your bullpen. You give that role to Tyler Anderson. You give that role to Nick Markavichus. Like you give that role to that type. Uh, so for me, it's either starter or high leverage reliever. I think he can do both, but obviously he's more valuable to you as a starter. So um, to me, he's a starter until he's not. And you know what I mean by that is is that. Um, if the Mariners get into a spot this year where, uh, you know, Matt Brash isn't one of their five best starters, six best starters, then you put him in the bullpen. And that doesn't mean he stays there permanently either. All it means that is, is that I'm not going to say, okay, we think we have five starters better than you. So let's put you in the bullpen just to start. No, I'm not doing that. I'm putting Brash in AAA. He's making his starts. Um, there's a pretty good chance I need him to make a start for me at the big league level uh, before Kirby and whatever is ready. Um, and then you just kind of play it by ear and it says, look, is Matt Brash better, a better start, right? Starter right now than Chris Flexen, Marco, you know, whoever it is, probably not Robbie, right? But you get the idea. He's a starter right. until he's not. And that means either he just shows that he physically can't stand up to being a starter, which doesn't appear to be the case. Um, mm-hmm. or it shows that major league hitters, the 
the lack of a, a quality third pitch is something that hitters have adjusted to, or mm-hmm. that there are just simply five or six guys better than Matt Brash. Those are the only roles I'm considering, though. You're either high, high leverage reliever for me, or you're a starter, and you're a starter until you prove basically that you can't be a starter. Yeah, uh, I want to see all opportunities for him to start exhausted. Yeah, uh, because I I think the ceiling is so high for him, uh, especially mm-hmm. with that slider, which might be the best pitch in minor league baseball right now. Right. Um, he you- is so exciting to watch, and I, I yeah. he's so nasty. And I just I I think having him seeing what you can do with that in a starter's role, you you gotta see before you're just before you decide, right? Like he's a seventh inning guy, he's an eighth inning guy, he's a ninth, he's a high leverage reliever, which is really valuable, but it's not as valuable as a starting pitcher. And I think Matt Brash can be a legitimate starting pitcher at the, at the major league level for years. And I know there's a lot of concerns about how his delivery and everything will impact him physically, but we've seen guys with high effort deliveries before survive. Right. And I mean, that doesn't mean like, that doesn't mean he has to start for 10 years or you have to think he can start for 10 years. It also doesn't mean that if you get into a situation where he's your seventh best starter, that you don't put him in the bullpen, right? Like mm-hmm. if you get into July and Kirby's up and Gilbert's throwing well and Ray and Marco and uh, maybe Sonny Gray or whatever, like if they're all throwing well and you think, Hey, can Matt Brash help us out of the bullpen? We're in a playoff yeah. race here. Then sure you do mm-hmm. it. But that doesn't mean that you say, okay, once we put you in the bullpen, you're, you're a reliever forever. Like, no, after the season's over, you go right back to your starting regiment. Um, you know, and, and maybe circumstance makes it so that he never is a, never gets a long run as a starter with the Mariners. But, um, I think he, he should, um, again, I think he should be considered a starter until it's just not feasible, uh, for the Mariners to have brash in their rotation. Mm -hmm. All right. So Daisy has another question, uh, asking about, uh, if the Mariners have any plans in the future to increase high France's versatility, uh, Daisy says, I would see third base as really the only other uh, spot that he could potentially play well, but that would open up a lot of flexibility for their lineup in future years. Right now, I don't think you should move Ty France off of first base because you've seen him at second. It's a disaster. You've seen him at third. Not so great either. First base, he is fantastic. He was damn near elite in 2021. Um, don't move him off of that spot because there really is no need to right now. Could it help with the versatility? Sure, but I would just rather stick him there instead of downgrading my defense. Could he play at second base or third base some days over the course of the season? Sure, and he probably will, um, mm-hmm. but I I mostly want him at first base in 2022. Sure. I mean, there are going to be times where you want Luis Torrens in the lineup, but you also want to DH Mitch Haniger, right? And say, okay, well, how do we do that? Well, we either put Torrens at third or we put France at third. Probably would rather have France at third. Um, and you'll survive and you'll live with that for seven innings until you make the defensive switch. So, yeah, I, I think France will play second on occasion. I think he'll play third on occasion. But for the most part, he's the first baseman because that's where he's best and that's where he fits your club the best. Mm-hmm. Um, the Mariners are already pretty versatile with Adam Frazier and uh, Abraham Toro. Dylan Moore is still on this team. Um, so they have versatility so far. Um, and if they sign a guy like Trevor Story, again, that's a guy who can play second or third or shortstop even. 
Same Chris Bryant, he can play third or you know in the outfield, I guess, if you want him to. Um, yeah. So, yeah, the Mariners aren't exact. It's not like the Mariners are. It's not like they're not flexible. They have some guys they can move to different spots. So, um, not yeah. ideally, but they do have it more than they have in the past. So. Uh, they don't really need Ty France to move around, but I bet he does a little bit. I, I wouldn't even be shocked if he got in, you know, a game or two in left field, just trying to make it work, right? Just trying to get the bats in there as much as you can. Um, but no, he's, you know, you're comfortable with him being your first baseman for 130 some odd games or whatever, and then DHing 10 or 15, and then playing second or third base for maybe 10, and that's plenty versatile yeah. enough. But yeah, uh, yeah I, I think we do see him at other positions once in a while. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but uh, right now I wouldn't have any plans to uh, completely move him off. So we got a few more questions to answer, and we're going to get to those in just a moment. But real quick, a reminder, this episode of Lockdown Mariners is brought to you by Built Bar and BetOnline.ag. This holiday season, grab the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, even better than a candy bar. Built Bar, filled with so much holiday goodness, rich with decadent flavor, covered in chocolate, but amazingly low in calories, sugar, net carbs, and fat, and high in protein. You get the best of both worlds, delicious and healthy. Built Bar gives you that extra fuel you need to bust down those mall doors and battle all the holiday shoppers. Or if you're just standing in endless shopping lines, Built Bar can give you that extra something to keep you going. So throw one in your jacket or purse. You never know when you're going to need it. Your friends with Santa will tell Santa to throw some Built Bars in those stockings. With so many flavors, they make anyone's Christmas morning a happy one. Like some of those marshmallowy treats around the holidays, you need to get your hands on Built Bar Puffs. They're light, fluffy, and marshmallowy through and through. Different flavors all covered in chocolate taste so good you won't believe that they're filled with protein. Go to Built.com, use promo code LOCKED15, and get 15% off your order. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5 for 15% off your order at Built.com. Bet Online has you covered all season long with more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football continues to march to the playoffs. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the sports action this season. Head to our new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code LOCKED ON, that's L O C K E D O N, to receive your bonus. From basketball, football, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet online, where the game starts. So, because we love to answer all of your questions and uh, take time with them, uh, we like we always have to do on pretty much every single one of these shows, whether it's Fan Fiction Friday or Mailbag Monday, is go to a lightning round. So, Colby, are you ready? Yes. All right, lightning round time. Let's go to Daniel Francis here at Jared Kalonic on Twitter. <laughs> who, yes, I know, <laughs> who uh, asks, uh, earlier this year, Colby stated that if J.P. Crawford is still hitting leadoff for the Mariners next season, the offseason was a fail- failure. Assuming, as it seems uh, at least somewhat likely, the Mariners acquire Trevor Story, Matt Chapman, and Seiya Suzuki, none of these seem like leadoff hitters. So, to you, who should be hitting leadoff for the Mariners? Uh, Adam Frazier or Ty France. Yep, yep. That's the uh, that's the answer. Those are the two guys with the best on base skills on your team. Mm-hmm. So, by the way, if they sign Suzuki, I would certainly consider him too. Sure, for sure. Yeah. 
Um, but yeah, I, you know, for me personally, and, and both of us, you know, we've said this over the course of the season when we're pounding the table for Ty France to hit leadoff. We don't care about traditional leadoff hitters. We don't want speed no. and all that. That's not the most important thing to us. We want guys who get on base, who you know set the table for mm-hmm. the guys you know, behind them. Make so, a lot of contact. Yeah. Um, and I just real fast, I should clarify. I, I believe that it's a bat, a failure of an offseason if the Mariners didn't add somebody who was a better option to hit leadoff than JP. They still might do it just because JP is the leader and fine. He's okay there. Um, but to me, the failure would be if they didn't add a legitimate, like this guy should hit lead off for you, because if that guy's sitting second and JP sitting lead off, like fine, I guess it's still not ideal, but yeah, I just wanted them to add more. And I would say Adam Fraser is that guy. Yes, he is. Yeah. Adam Fraser, uh, from just on base, you know, doesn't strike out walks, Contact, you know, yeah. all that stuff. He is kind of the ideal lead off hitter. But mm-hmm. I would still go for Ty France because you want your best hitter to get the most at bats. Yeah, it's generally agreed. the rule of thumb. So I would yep. go Ty France, but I don't think they're going to do that. So I would no. say Adam Frazier. Yeah. All right. So uh, Daniel, did he have another question? He did. Ooh, he has a non Mariners question. Ooh. See, I wish you guys would submit more of these because we're going to run out of topics here over the course of the lockout. <laughs> And it's going to get stale, and we're going to have to answer the same question over and over again. We haven't gotten to that point yet, but that will happen. Um, Daniel has a trivia question for us. Who acted as Queen Abadala's decoy? I'm going to assume that this is uh, for Episode 2, Attack of the Clones, Star Wars Episode 2, Attack of the Clones, when uh, the decoy dies at the beginning of the movie. Spoiler alert. But... uh, (laughs) For that 20-year-old movie. Yeah, for the 21-year-old movie or however long it's been. Um, So who acted as Queen Abadala's decoy? I believe, Colby, I I, I believe I already know the answer, but did you want to, do you know? Do you want to take a swing first? Are we talking about the actress or the the name of the character in the universe? Yeah, no, who, I, I would assume it's the actress. I believe it was Kira Knightley. Was it Kira Knightley? I thought it was Rose Byrne. Oh, is it? Hmm. I thought Rose Byrne was the was maybe it was Kira Knightley, and Rose Byrne was another character in Revenge of the Sith. I'm pretty sure it was Kira Knightley, and I think her name was like Sabe or Sabi or Sadie, something like right. that. Right. Maybe you're right. Now that I think about it, maybe you are right. And Rose Byrne was another character in episode three. Let me look up Rose Byrne real fast. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not even looking up to see if I'm right. I want to know who Rose Byrne is. Um, Rose Byrne. It's B-Y-R-N-E. She was in Neighbors with. Yeah, she was in Neighbors with Seth Rogen and Zac Efron. Oh, is that her? Yeah. Oh yeah, it is. Okay. Yeah, she's yeah. been in a bunch of she's in a bunch oh, of you, comedies, but I know yeah, you, you might be I, right. I know you've seen neighbors, so yes, I have. Um so let's see. Gotta go all the way down because that movie was made in like the nineties. Um oops. Attack of the Clones was two thousand two, I think. Two thousand three. Okay. Yes, she was uh Dorme in episode two. Okay, Attack so I think that was the, 
I think that's the the uh, decoy who dies. I don't think so. Well, maybe. I can't remember if the decoy dies in the first one, too. I can't remember. No, there's another... Okay, no, Dorme wasn't the 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 uh, the the decoy. Uh, she was like an assistant. When uh, when Anakin and Obi Wan visit Padme, like after yeah. the attack in Coruscant, she's the one that like um, talks you know to what? Padme, and she's like, "I'm concerned for your safety or whatever." Oh, okay. I, I'm Rosemary I'm claiming right. that I'm right. Yeah, Kira right. Knightley. Uh, you official. probably are. Yeah. You probably are. We'll look that up later. Um, but I, I, I actually think that you are right on that. So, uh, yeah. So let me see here real quick if we have any more questions that are not trade related. Because, again, we are going to get to those on Fan Fiction Friday later this week. Um, real quick. Let's see here. Oh, yeah. We have one more question from Daisy and the Dingo. At Daisy's Dingoes, do you think the Mariners will add another left-handed reliever to the pen, to the bullpen this offseason? If so, who would you like to see them acquire? I, I do really not care. care. <laughs> yeah, I don't really care about handedness in the bullpen, and neither should you, really. Um, just get the guys who get the most guys out. You don't need a lefty specialist. Plus, plus, lefty specialists are pretty much obsolete now that there's the three batter minimum. So... I just yeah there yeah. there isn't really a point in getting that guy if you can get a lefty who gets both lefties and righties out great sure that's fantastic but i don't think you absolutely need to get one and uh you know i'm sure misavich is probably going to be a part of this bullpen at least in some limited fashion this year <laughs> and he's fine he's fine when he's on but which is about half the time too, yeah which is about half of the time so you know we'll, uh, we'll see I- I don't know if either guys are free agents because I don't care about left-handed relievers. Not that I don't want good ones. I just don't care if they're left-handed. Um, yeah. But somebody like Rex Brothers and Andrew Chafin uh, yeah. makes sense. Also, Jake Diekman, I'd be interested in him. Um, but I'm not interested in lefties who only really get lefties out. So uh, yeah. I do not care is the answer to that question. But if you want three names, there you go. Chafin, yeah. Diekman, really- and Brothers. Yeah. I really like Andrew Chafin because, uh, I mean, just look up a picture the of the hair. Yeah. Yeah. We yeah. all know the real reason. Yeah. Yeah. We got I it. I mean, why would you not want that guy in your bullpen? World <laughs> Series confirmed if you signed him. <laughs> <laughs> okay, then. So that is going to do it for our show. Thank you so much for joining us here on Lockdown Mariners and for submitting all of your questions. For Colby Patnode, I'm Titan Gonzalez. Be sure to give us a follow on Twitter at LO underscore Mariners. You can follow me at Dan Gonzalez. It's D-A-N-E-G-N-Z-L-Z. And Colby at CPAN11. You can also find all that stuff in the description of this episode. And thank you again for making us your first listen of the day, just like you do here every day. Now, make your second listen of the day, Locked on Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked on Bets, hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. And just like us, their show is free and available wherever you get your podcasts. So have yourself a beautiful baseball day, and we'll see you tomorrow.